Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us dot com. Hi, this is Yakin. And this is Sarah Jade. And you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
Yakin and Sarah, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Sarah, you're known as part of Fort Sun South, but you've also got a solo career. Would you like to tell us all about it? Yeah, so um, I started off with my music career as um, the vocalist of Fort Sun South. Like, they kind of found me and brought this 19-year-old into the world of music. They started everything for me. And then as I, like, kind of gained confidence and, like, a few contacts in the industry, I was able to, like, start a solo music career as well, which was very cool. Um, So, yeah, that's what I I do at the moment. Right, right. How does does it compare being solo, being compared to being in a band? So with 4th Sun South, they... All the the four other members were all very well established. Like they've been doing music and like doing this as a career for many, many years before, sometimes some of them before I was even born. So they knew a lot about everything and I was very new. So they did a lot of things for me. They would set up the equipment and mics and sound and everything. So they did everything for me. And once I started doing um, my solo shows, I had to kind of learn how to do things and it was very different but yeah both were really great I enjoyed both sides of it they both had their perks (laughs) and Yakin, you've been on the show before with Drumfish but you play some of the instruments for uh for Sarah tell us about how you got roped into it uh we're dating (laughs) I see I see that makes sense (laughs) all right (laughs) You didn't really have a choice then, did you? <laughs> no, no. It's either us in or us out. <laughs> and you recently released I Don't Like You. What can you tell us about the track? So it's a track that is very, it's one of my more upbeat, like, pop songs. Would you call it a pop song? It's a pop rock Yeah, one of my like most different songs um, compared to all of my other original music that I have, um, that I do live. Uh, None of it's recorded yet, but I'm working on that. So it's all very different to my usual. So it was like a a cool first start to like making my own music by myself because my first track that I ever released was a track that I got a lot of help with. So this is my first independent one that I'm doing. Um, So it was like a really cool experience and people received it very well and people were very supportive. And I had a lot of collaboration um, with the song, which was a very cool and new and different thing for me. Right, right. And, you know, when it comes to songwriting, then how do you approach it? Where do you get your inspiration? What does the what does the process look like? Um, So it's taken a a lot of practice. I used to write very cringy, bad songs when I was younger. And I just never felt like I could write songs until one day I, it just kind of clicked for me. And I don't know the process. It's usually like, I think one of three things um, with each song I write. Usually I have an idea and I either come up with the lyrics first. Um, Like sometimes I'd be going to sleep at night and I just have these lyrics that are in my mind. And then I come up with like quick lyrics and quick melody that I quickly record on my phone. Or I could be sitting like with my guitar and just start strumming a random chord progression and the lyrics just come to me then. Um, Or it just happens all together all at once 
which is very overwhelming, but those songs are usually my best songs when it happens all at the same time. Um, Cause then I just don't stop singing and writing and making the song. So it's not like I stop and start, like I write a bit this week and a bit next week. So yeah, it's all like, all my songs have been a little bit different in terms of songwriting. Um, but yeah, they all come from having an idea and wanting to put it into music. Right, right. And Yakin, you know, this is a safe place now. You can be honest as possible. What is she really like to collaborate with? Ooh. Sometimes, no, actually, she's <laughs> <laughs> um, she's really easy to work with. Um, I think the main reason is that she works alone, which is perfect. I just, um, all the songs come from Sarah and you know, lyrics and chords and I'll, I'm more of the finishing touches kind of, um, you know, part to it. And then, you know, like with recordings and then we discuss and um, this would sound cool with a trumpet or <laughs> not a trumpet, but um, yeah, so it's basically all Sarah. I'm just there to make, it, you know, help her, you know, figure out how to make it sound like a song song. Um, but she's she's got it, so yeah, right, right. How do you approach the recording and production then? Sarah, you got this one? Um, so Yakin is pretty much like he, he recorded um 90% of the I Don't Like You track, so it's pretty much all just him. He just kind of works his magic. I um, yeah, just give him whatever freedom he would like when he's recording. Um, and we have a really cool um, producer and recording guy. He like mixes and masters everything for us. Um, and his name is Limerence. So he's also really cool and helpful when it comes to recording because I kind of just sing on the track. Um, I I wrote the song and I got the chords and everything, but everything else is all you're keen. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of a whole, like I'm still trying to find my sound properly. So we're just trying to experiment and try different things. And yeah, so it's been a very interesting collaborative um, recording experience. Couldn't mm, I said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting one for you now. How do you think your local music scene has influenced your sound? Hmm... Hmm, that's an interesting one. Um, there aren't many artists who have a similar sound that to mine. Um, there's not many singer-songwriter people who make similar music to mine that I've seen in in my little circle. Um, so I'm influenced a lot by a lot of like Yakin's um contacts and friends and bands that he plays gigs with. Um, so yeah, because a lot of, um, well, yeah, we had one of Yakin's bands, Le Focolodi, they kind of all joined on the track and they were just doing their own thing and adding like some keys over here and adding bass over here. And they were all like kind of collaborating. So they had a lot of, um, a lot of, what, what would you call it? Like ideas. Yeah, they had, <laughs> they gave a lot of ideas and the sound kind of, came from there a little bit as well there's some of like the the rock sound and yeah so it's a very interesting question I feel like if there were more um people who 
had my genre in my little area, then I might be influenced a bit more by them. But I think it's really cool to have like a different sound that isn't just one-sided, if I could say that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And how do you go about getting your music out there? I know it's an incredibly impossible task at times. Yeah, um, marketing is very, very expensive to go through like a really big company and an agency. So you kind of just have to DIY it. So you get your song out onto like the little platforms. I use DistroKid, so it just kind of uploaded my music to like all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all of them. And beforehand, I just had to kind of DIY market myself. So I um, came up with a really funny idea to get a pair of glasses um, and write the name of the song on the glasses, which is I Don't Like You. So I had this pair of I Don't Like You glasses and I got everyone I knew to wear the glasses and take a picture with them. And it kind of spread the word around like, gigs um that Yakin and I would go to and play at and then each I think it was about a couple days before um the song was released I would make these like little compilation videos of everyone who wore the glasses so people would share it around and be like oh I made it into this video they put it on their story or they were very excited and very hyped about the song because they were involved and were a part of it um and I got some really cool people to be a part of it. And yeah, I feel like that was a really cool way that I was able to market and get the word out about the song. So you just kind of have to DIY it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen one of those videos as well. And yeah. It's, it's fairly cool. All the listeners now at the moment should click on your Instagram and go have a look at it. Yeah, it's it was a really fun experience. It got me out of my shell a lot to just go up to random strangers and be like, hey, would you wear these glasses? Let me take a picture of you. <laughs> it was very intimidating. I could you imagine. To my mom, to my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <I lost. laughs> and, you know, it's called Concerts That Made Us. So we have to talk a bit about concerts. First off, right. as a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? Hmm. That's an interesting one. Um, in terms of, so I only started doing gigs and going to like live shows and gigs um, when I was 19. So for 19 years, I wasn't doing any of the local, you know, concerts and gigs. So I just kind of knew, like I went to One Direction and Ed Sheeran and those were Prime Circle. Prime Circle. And those were kind of my first introductions to um, music and live shows. Uh, so I think those three really shaped my music and I was very obsessed with them. And I saw what it was like to be a professional doing it. I'd always wanted to be um, a singer who would play shows, but I never thought that it would actually happen where people would come to my gigs and watch me live. That was my first kind of experience with it to see like Ed Sheeran in One Direction. And, and if you, like you said, you know, I mean, if, if you don't want to, well, if you want to know how not to do it, go see a drum fish. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I have to ask, how does uh, One Direction and Ed Sheeran compare to Prime Circle? 
So when I went to see Prime Circle, I was very little. I think I was like in grade two at the time. So I was very small. I didn't know much about anything. I just remember kind of standing next to one of the big speakers. And I remember like my entire body was vibrating. And I thought my heart was going to stop because of the bass. And I thought, whoa, like my brain was shaking. Um, But I thought it was super cool that I was there to see them, even though I don't remember too much of it. Um, It was still a really cool experience to have the photo and the shirt and say I've been there, you know. (laughs) Mm, Definitely, definitely. And now the moment we're all waiting for. For any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? They can expect a lot of storytelling and a lot of talking. Even though I'm a very, very shy person in real life and a very big introvert, um, when I am playing a show, I love talking about what my songs are about and who they're about and what inspired them. And, you know, I love telling stories about it. So they can expect that and a lot of maybe some tears, maybe a lot of sad feelings or angry feelings and maybe some like, you know, love songs here and there to mix in with all the sad and angry songs. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of fun. You can expect some fun. (laughs) Right, right. And how do you work on your stagecraft then? Just playing as many gigs as I can. I feel like for me, the only way I can truly learn and get better is to just keep doing it um because I haven't been doing it for the longest time I'm still learning every day that I play a gig and learning okay I should do this next time or I shouldn't do this next time or watching back videos and seeing okay I should stop making that face or I should say this next time um so it's just a lot of practicing it and doing it live and making the mistakes live and then working on it and making notes afterwards and implementing those things for the next show i see i see and you know out of all the gigs you've played then is there a gig experience you would say is the best one Mm. i think i think they're all very cool but i think the most memorable ones for me are the ones where I have a lot of supporters who come to watch me um, or if I see someone in the crowd who is singing one of my songs or if people request that I sing a specific song of mine or um, there was a show that I did not, mm, it was in October last year, I think it was. And I played with um, a band called Monarch and Bad Peter. And that was a really like crazy experience for me because these bands are so well-established and so talented and so widely well-known in South Africa that it felt like so intimidating for me to play on a stage before them. Um, But it was really cool because I had a couple supporters who were there to watch me and support me and they all requested like, please play another song before you leave. And they all wanted me to carry on playing. And that was like a really cool experience. Sounds it. And not to get too negative now, but to flip it around, is there a gig that maybe everything just went wrong? It's probably the worst gig experience you've had. And how did you overcome it? Hmm. Yakin's making funny faces. What are you, what are you, what are you implying? (laughs) What are you you implying here? Which one are you thinking about? Maybe the railways one. Which railways one? The one that we forgot how to play guitar and how to perform. And that made you laugh. And... Oh, we had a we had like a little acoustic show um at one of our favorite venues where we were a bit rusty. Um, 
while playing. We like arrived there late because we had to drive like an hour just to get to the gig. And then there was traffic and then we had some stuff going on. Then my car wasn't working and like all this different random stuff beforehand. So we're a little bit late and we got to the gig and we just weren't, you know, we weren't as prepared as we thought we were. So we were messing up songs and we were forgetting lyrics or we were forgetting chords or how to play the songs that we were playing. And um, Yakin, I don't know why he doesn't sing when he plays with me. Um, he just he's just there to play guitar and look pretty. Um, but they just gave him a mic for some reason, and we both were messing up this one specific part in a cover that we we're doing. And Yakin just like is busy playing, and we both mess up this part again in the song, and he just screams into the mic, "Fuck!" And I was like, "What the heck?" And I just couldn't stop laughing at this. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So I just was trying to sing the lyrics as best as I could while laughing. It was, it didn't end very well. Your mom was there. It's the first time I cussed in front of you. Oh. <laughs> oh my word. This was a, yeah. I think I tried to block this one out of my mind. <laughs> and have you been asked back to that venue since? Yeah, I've I've been asked to play there. I think that's the venue I've played at the most. I'm playing there um, this Sunday, actually. Um, they asked me to play again. So, yeah, I play there quite often. My best show was there, the one that I spoke about earlier. That was where that one was as well. Um, so, yeah, they've. I think that venue... What is it called? It's called Railways. They're called Railways hmm. Cafe. Um, and they, yeah, they have seen some of my first shows um, to some of my better shows uh so yeah they've really seen the artists that they have there grow right right and you know your career overall if you look back on it i know you're in the early days yes but what would you say is the biggest challenge you've faced and how did you overcome it the biggest challenge i okay so we're going to get a little bit deep and personal now as i do at my live shows um but i struggle with a lot of insecurities and a lot of mental health um struggles and sometimes it makes it very very difficult for me to be positive or think that i'm good enough or um listen to my music and like it or look at myself on stage and like it um so it's just a lot of negative talk that i have towards myself i'm like my biggest enemy um and I can be very negative towards myself and I think that's a bit of my downfall because I feel like if I wasn't so negative I would be a lot more confident and would play better shows book be better gigs and just do better overall if I wasn't so negative all the time um so yeah I think that's one of my things um that I need to work on in this year I'm definitely I'm gonna be going for some more therapy to try and cope with it all and deal with it um but yeah i think that's one of my biggest challenges yeah you know you could actually flip that on its head and use it as a superpower because you're so critical of yourself it'll push yourself to try harder you know mm, for sure and what's one thing you would change about being a musician if you could I feel like, okay, I feel like there's external things and internal things that I could change. I feel like most musicians and people who make art and who are creative, I feel like they always doubt themselves and they always think that their art or their music isn't good enough. So I would change that about musicians to think better of themselves and to be more confident. And, you know, I feel like it's a general problem that people in the industry have. 
Um, and then for external things that I wish I could change, I wish more people who weren't musicians were supporting and being there at live shows and, you know, buying merch or just showing up to shows is insanely impactful. Um, so I wish that as musicians, we had a little bit more support on it. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I would change. Right, right. I like it. I like it. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, so future plans, new music, gigs, lay it all out first. Right. World domination. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so we have um a few singles in the works before we eventually down the line release an album. Um, so that is the the main goal. But right now, because I'm still trying to find my sound and trying to find who work who I work best with and what I would like my album and my music to sound like. We're taking it very slow and redoing a lot of things and trial and erroring things. Um, so it's taking a bit of time, but we're almost done planning our second single. So we're, yeah, we're going to record that one very soon. And then as soon as we're done recording, kind of just post it and put it everywhere. Um, so I think in the next month or two there might be a new single um but yeah on my instagram i i talk very in depth about everything that's going on um and yeah then in terms of gigs i have a couple of gigs lined up at different venues um my next gig is this sunday which is very nearby um and then yeah i got a couple in march um quite a few in march actually um some private events some big events so yeah i'm very excited brilliant brilliant sounds like you're going to be busy so and you know if you look say five years into the future where would you like to be what's the what's the goal i i hope to have a lot more music out um because I write a lot of songs, I hope that all my songs are able to be put out onto streaming platforms and that I'm playing um, with cool people still and that people still like me and tolerate me in five years. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I'm on the fence about it, but I really think that I would like to have a live band eventually um, so that I can yeah play a bit more upbeat music because there's only so much you can do as two guitarists and one vocal um so yeah eventually i think that's something i might also go into um but yeah i just hope that things are going well in five years still <laughs> fingers crossed right we'll uh dive into the last couple these are a couple of random fun music questions that you both can have a go at so if you could play a concert in any unusual place where would it be Hmm. We both got thinking faces right now. <laughs> thinking very deeply about this. Um, Yakin, do you have one? Okay, I think I've got one. Uh, this is a very, very bizarre and very unrealistic place. But I would like to play a little acoustic, quiet, small gig at Taylor Swift's house just so I can meet her. That would be really cool. <laughs> Right, that's really thinking outside the <laughs> box. Just in the our box. living room. That would be great. <laughs> mm, hmm. Maybe, maybe, uh, it's not unusual, but um, maybe my old high school. That would be cool. 
just like make it too much noise and then you know annoy everyone <laughs> that used to know me in high school. <laughs> uh yeah this is hi uh i didn't uh this is my band uh drumfish and uh, <laughs> the song is judas and then <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one all right the next one if you could collaborate with any musician from history who would it be and what kind of song would you create well i think i 100 know um what my answer would be but i would really, really, really like to make a song with Taylor Swift. And I feel like it would be a really cool, it, it would sound like a really upbeat, happy pop song. But it's when you look at the lyrics like very deeply, you'll realize that it's a really heart-wrenching, sad song. I think that's what our song would be sounding like and be about. So I would definitely want to collab with Taylor Swift. I could see it happening. <laughs> Um, okay, mine isn't mine's a hypothetical thing. Okay. Um, so I'd be on drums, and then you've got uh you've got Kurt actually, you've got Kurt Cobain on vocals and he's doing rhythm guitar, but then on the left, you've got Jimmy Page because he'll make it all mystical and you know interesting, <laughs> and then uh bass, we probably I think just because it just would be a funny pairing. We'll get Rob Trujillo from Metallica because <laughs> he'll just be really the crab thing. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that could make for some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, actually, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it'd be either really good or just really terrible. It just wouldn't mix. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one. So what album do you constantly go back to? Hmm. Um, hmm. for me, I have so many, um, I, I force you keen to listen to like a specific three. Uh, so there's a Sabrina Carpenter album that I listen to called emails I can't send. And then there is a, an Olivia Rodrigo album called guts. And then literally all of the Taylor Swift albums, (laughs) I, I revisit those on the daily type of thing. So those are like the main three artists. And their albums that I I go to and I force I everyone think, to listen I think to. I only asked for one, you know. Like, but I can't <laughs> choose. I cannot choose. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, me, uh, I always bring them up, but I would still go to the Foos. Um, I think I might I might have brought it up in the drumfish interview, but uh I go back to the first debut Foo Fighters album. I think that one's cool because um it it's like you know, I mean most of the people's idols today they in big bands and they've got all this fancy stuff and but if you go back to that or um then it's just you know as raw as it can get and um, it makes me want to pick up like a, a guitar or play drums or just be as loud as possible because that album, um, like we previously discussed, is um, um, it's very loud. It's very garage rock and yeah. Yeah, didn't he record that in his basement or something? Um, so that one, uh, 
the, that was the third one. Uh, There's nothing left to lose. But the first one he did uh, with a mate of his, which was Barrett Jones. Like he's he had his own little you know house studio, and then they recorded there. Yeah. Well, some great choices there. Listen, guys, it's been an absolute blast. Now I've really enjoyed the last bit chatting with you. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Us. It's been really fun. I'll be back for the third one. I'll, I'll just bring my <laughs> my next band, and then we'll <laughs> be like, "Oh, it's Jackie again." <laughs> <laughs> you'll uh, end up being on it so often. You'll have to be a regular co-host. <laughs> can I? Can I move in? <laughs> I'll make space. <laughs> <laughs> Same dreams and we used to be close I hope you know
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up to Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. <laughs>